ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the EWC boys midseason recap. We'll call it a midseason recap. We're a little over a third of the year, I believe, through, but we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. And of course, we have on Mr. EWC himself, Robert Schimmick. Robert, how you doing today? I'm just I'm just ready to rock and roll. Yeah, this is going to be a long one, I think, um, but we got a lot of good stuff. This is going to be great. Um, we got to talk all we're, we're just going to cover boys in this episode because we got a lot to talk about. So let's get right into it. Sheboygan Falls sitting at the bottom. Oh, and five, one and seven overall. I mean, not, not really a lot of things we can say about the Sheboygan Falls team. Um, it, it's been a tough year so far. Um, just looking through the points per game, you know, you got, is it Ethan Verhulst at 9.1 and then yeah, him and then also averaging six boards. But other than that, I mean, not much from this falls team. Yeah. I mean, falls is a team earlier in the year, my expectations, you know, weren't the highest, but I, I did think they were a capable team. I mean, you saw them go beat Southern door on the road and Southern door is not a great team. But they're, they're, they're definitely a capable team. They have some nice players. They're athletic. And after that game, say, okay, Sheboygan Falls, I thought, was a little ahead of New Holstein and Two Rivers. But and I kind of still think Sheboygan Falls will beat Two Rivers twice, and I think they will beat New Holstein again. Because I think they just, they're just a little better. I don't know. Yeah, just a tough start, 0-5. But I, I definitely think they'll rebound. I don't think they'll finish last. Yeah, and I think the team that will finish last. I'm sorry, Two Rivers. Don't want to do it to you, but um, sitting at one and four, they came off a big win or big win or surprising win, I'll say, over New Holstein. They won by 13, and I would have not expected that at the start of the year. If you told me TR was going to go to New Holstein on the road and beat the New Holstein Huskies by double digits, I was shocked to see that, but. Yeah, this this Raiders team. Other than that game, have not they have not done well this year. Um, just looking through the schedule, I mean they've had some tough games. Uh, let's load here. Yeah, like playing, they lost by thirty two at Valders. They lost by thirty to Brilliant, and then they lost by a whopping fifty eight to Roncalli. So it has not been not been great so far for the Two Rivers Raiders, but. Um, there are some speculations. I know even on our, on our podcast here, the sports crew, like of them even winning a game. So them winning that game, I think is a big confidence boost for this, this young Raiders team. But other than that, I don't see it as much down the road, Robert. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Um. See two rivers. When I watched them again, play brilliant. And I watched them play Luther. And I, I, I was just kind of saw exactly what I was expecting just like, yeah, they're not – they're probably going to win maybe one game, two games, just because they just had an issue scoring. But, yeah, they, they I mean, they scored 60. I mean, scoring 60 at New Holstein, you know, you got the cheerleaders, you got the fans. I mean, a tough place to play in the doghouse. Like, I mean, you got to give them respect going on the road. Casey Hibbert had a good game and Brady Richards. I mean, those are two capable players. Orion Goggers having an all right season. They got some guys – like. Hopefully, I'm just looking for them to compete against and play a good game against the bottom four teams. And I, I definitely think they can do that. Uh, I, I do think they have some easier games on their schedule. I know they have Mishkat coming up. I believe they play Hilbert. Uh, so I, I definitely think they can beat Hilbert. At Hilbert, yeah, that's going to be a win for them. 
Mishikot is 0-6. They got Algoma, Gibraltar. I think there's some games in there that they can kind of, you know, come back and they can kind of maybe pick some victories off of those guys. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're not beating Ron Collier. You're not beating Brilliant. You're not beating Val. There's um, Keel. You're not beating either. So it's just it's just a tough season. But, I mean, hey, Brett Linsmeyer got them their first win of the season, and hopefully they can use that as a stepping stone to kind of finish the year strong as a group and just prepare for next year. Yeah. Like you mentioned, some nice non-con games looking ahead and hopefully they can keep using this as some momentum. And now let's look at the team they beat sitting at one foreign conference as well. The new Holstein Huskies. And this seems a little surprising to me here, Robert. Um, we see their leading scorer. This, this jumps off the page to me, Jaden Braun. I mean, you would have thought coming into the year, Henry Schnell would have been locked the, a lock for their leading scorer, but he's sitting second at 12.1. We got Phil Casper at 11.4, and he's also averaging 9.9. And then Jaden Brown, 7.7 rebounds. And so I feel like that's a guy we didn't really even talk about much in the in the preseason. Now he's he's showing up and he's having some big numbers this year, Robert. Yeah, Jaden Braun. I know he's a guy I mentioned last year for everyone to keep their eye on. Because like I, th- I saw him do some good things in a couple games I watched last year. I mean, he's a good shooter. Uh, I don't think he shot the ball very well to start the year. I think he had some games where he kind of got, you know, they got behind and he was just bombing away. So his maybe average is a little lower than maybe it is. But, I mean, Henry Snell, he's not shooting any. He started the shooting the year shooting a ton. I think his field goal percentage might have been one, a buck something for a while there. And in the last two games, he has one two-point attempt and two 13 threes. He had five for 13, and then they lost to Chilton. Um, I mean, yeah, 30% three-point shooter. When you shoot a lot, it's not horrible. But field goal percentage right now is 23 overall. That's not good. I mean, but I'm not too surprised. I, I I kind of expected him to be around 10 points a game. He's fifth in the conference right now. He's on the front page of the conference for leading scores. And I expect him to keep going at this rate. Uh, Phil Casper is a nice player in the middle for them. But, yeah, I, I do think they're better than um, than Two Rivers. I think it's close between them and Falls. But, yeah, between them, Chilton, I think they'll be able to – it'll be a close game uh, between them, for the bottom four. Obviously, with them, you really don't know what's going to happen with the bottom four teams. Yeah, I agree. And the Huskies, yes, in that one and eight overall as well. I mean, they had some tough non-con games in there. I believe they went to Sheboygan South, even. I mean, I, yeah, and that was that's a tough one. So um, now let's move on here. We'll, we'll go to the Chilton Tigers here, two and three in conference, four and five overall. And just looking at this Tigers team, head coach Corey Banky's team, just. Uh, it's Max Mueller, uh, Alex Breckheimer, and then Warren Wilcox, three lean scores with Mueller 10.7, Breckheimer 9.6, and then Wilcox 7.3 points per game. And also Breckheimer's averaging 9.5 rebounds a game. I saw you had like 17 a few nights ago. 20. Or 20 it was? Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I checked. It was 20. Yeah. A school yeah. record. Yeah. So shout out to Breckheimer on that. And yeah, they, they handled falls 20 by 25. They beat them 70 to 45. So I think they're, I mean, they're a step up above, I think, falls and TR. And I think they compare more to New Holstein, which is kind of what we're getting, I think, in that bottom four, right? Yeah, I, and I think so. I mean, New Holstein, they kind of always have the way of kind of just 
sneaking up, not sneaking up on teams, but like they're they're always they're, they'll have that one or two games a year. I know we just talked about them, but they'll kind of come in and win. Um, but Chilton, I, I do I do think they're the top of that four, uh, just because they can shoot it pretty well. I'm like they against Brilliant. It was it was a three point game with about nine minutes left in the half. And then Brilliant just went on a big run to kind of say that's that but they were banking threes in they had good energy they were they were just hitting their shots Alex Breckheimer had several threes in that game along with Mueller and uh just a couple other guys hitting shots but Alex Breckheimer I said it in football I, I just like him as an athlete you kind of never know what you're gonna get as in a good way like something's always gonna happen with him he's always gonna make a play you know he'll he disrupt shots I mean 20 boards uh that's that's a great accomplishment and he's a really nice player for them along with a few other guys. And so Chilton, I, I, I definitely, they're a respectable team, even though they lost Hallbach last year, he's, he's kind of filling in that role. And yeah, I mean, look for Chilton to just keep winning those bottom four games. And I, I think Chilton ends up in the middle there at number five. Yep. I think that's their spot for the rest of the year to come. And let's move to the other two and three team, the Valors Vikings. So this one, um, I mean, they're losing the games, I guess, that they uh, they beat the bottom four. And, I mean, they lost to Roncalli, Keel, and Brilliant now, which, I mean, two of those three were close games. And as we know, the Roncalli one was really not. I guess this is kind of where we're going to probably spend more time because these are going to be like, I like to call them the contenders and the pretenders. I, I think these four are like, let's say the contenders, even with Valder's under 500. I still want to throw them in there because they can still give these teams that are contending a pretty good fight. So yeah, the Valors Vikings two and three in conference two and five overall, it says, um, yeah, uh, not, has not been really, it's been okay for Valors so far this year. Of course, the Ron game was just a different animal. We saw them have COVID problems. We saw Mason Myers out, which was a big loss for the Vikings and also Nathan Banky off the bench, which, which really hurt the team. So it's hard, you know, jet hanger, all that, all that, all that jazz, you know, it was tough for the Vikings, but just looking at the points per game, the leaders, we have Cole Hovey sitting at 17, a game with 13 boards. Then Jackson Olson, Jackson Olson averaging 10 and eight. And then Mason Myers is averaging nine points and 3.2 assists. So yeah. Um, what have you seen from this Vikings team, Robert? They're definitely a contender. I know you kind of didn't thought, thought about maybe not putting it. Valor's are definitely a contender. I have them, like, if I made a Paul ranking right now, they're my number three team. Look for Valor's to go on a little run here. I think they can uh, pick up some ground. Um, maybe not in the conference. You know, it's tough having three losses in the conference, you know, when only playing five games. But, you know, I they play right sound coming up. I think they can win. Right sound still a really good squad this year, but – I think Valor's can beat them in that game. And then they got New Holstein and Laconia, two winnable games there. I think they go on a run, pick up some speed, uh, steam. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a tough stretch of conference games. Uh, Keel, Brilliant, and Ron Colley. And, I mean, I watched that Keel game. Keel shot great. Valor's didn't. Uh, I mean, Keel is not a better team than Valor's overall, Agreed. I think, right now. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's not close, but I think Valor's is a clear step ahead of Keel. And maybe that's a little recency bias for Keel's last game, but I mean Cole Holvey, you know how much I like Cole Holvey. He's just he's just like a solid dog. He's just like just a tough player. Like 
dude you can rely on is just going to show up to every game and you're never have to get a worry oh what are we going to get from this game just a consistent player and I really like him and Mason Myers the other dude I think I made him like a mock top 10 a couple weeks ago and I had him at 10 just because it was kind of not a clear six through 10 so I put him at 10 and I definitely think he's in that conversation he picks up some steam if he comes back from COVID or illness whatever issue he has he can come back strong and I think he's kind of the glue that holds them together you obviously saw that in last game yeah I I totally agree Robert I think I I agree there step up I was just mentioning with the records I mean they're not right now but I I think they're the better team I think that second time around I think that'll be a great game but I We'll talk more about the match, the matchups between these contenders, how they have played against each other so far, but we'll, we'll keep continuing through the rankings here. We got Keel now sitting at number three, four and one in conference, six and two overall. And looking through this Raiders team, I, I mean, Pierce Arns leading the team in scoring with 17.4 a game and 4.8 assists as well. And then Grant Mons, that was a guy who you were you were high on at the start of the year, and rightfully so. Twelve and sixteen, he's averaging right now, insane. And then Mitchell Endry's averaging a nice eleven for our team to add to them as well. And just it's been it's been nice seeing you know Grant Mons play the way he's been playing so far, Robert, and um, that's really helped this Raider team so far because we knew Arns was going to have a big year, but like having Mons too, it's been big. Yeah, and I'll start. I'll start with. So I'll address like last night's game. I mean, kind of, I mean, obviously brilliant one by 30. It's kind of surprised Keel then because I didn't really think they could match up too well with brilliant just because, you know, you got six, eight and six, 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 five in the middle. And then you got some quick guards on the outside, but um, they, they sat in a man the entire game and Jeremy Lorenz just had his way looked like the player that he's all hyped up to be. And, but then I kind of go over to the keel side and, and I love the player, love the dude. Great dude. I mean, I I'd take him on my team, but Pierce aren't, oh, if he shoots a lot, I mean, mm-hmm. in his last five games here, eight for 26, nine for 25, four for 21, eight for 20. And last night, four for 17 from the field not good numbers and I mean he's shooting 21 percent from three 53 from the line he's had a, a slow start to the year and I mean he just shoots too much I think and for this team I mean Grant Munns you saw I mean yeah he, he kind of had some stat fillers against some you know Green Bay West some weaker opponents rebounds in the middle but he's still a big body in the middle um I think he had 10 last night he had a three Mitchell Endries is is one of my favorite guys, maybe through the conference, but I really like Mitchell Endries in this team. I just feel like if they almost played through Munns and Endries a little more and, and uh, Arntz was more patient, I think they'd be better off. And, I mean, when Pierce is hitting his shots, it's different. I mean, he hit some big shots at Valders, and that kind of gave him the win. He had a nice, uh, he had a nice little uh, sideline out-of-bounds play at the end of the game. Really good player. He's hard to keep in front of you, but I don't know. I just feel like he's – if he could kind of cut back his uh, field goal attempts, I don't think his points per game would go down a ton because last night I would just see him. He'd come down the floor and we'd shoot a little – just a fadeaway kind of over two guys mid-range shot. It'd be no good, and it'd be a five-second possession for him. I, I just think they're not the greatest when they just have those short possessions off of one shot. 
still yeah. a great player. I mean, he's up there, but I mean, I, well, I, we're, we're, I think we're going to revisit the rankings after this. We can talk more about it later, but oh, yeah, that's what I see. That's what I see from this Keel team right now. I, I just think they kind of need to regroup a little bit and say, okay, what's our identity? What's our – because they came out hot start of the year, and now, I mean, after a loss like that last night at Keel, yikes. Yeah, I think sometimes – I mean, you mentioned, like, with the idea of, like, just shooting yourself out of the game. I feel like sometimes we yeah. see Arns kind of play hero ball, and I think that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, can really cost this Raider team. I think they have the talent. They have all the talent in the world to be just as good or, or better than this Valors team. But – they just sometimes, I mean, we see we see really Arns just shoot out of the games, and that's how it is. But they're still sitting 4-1 right now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm expecting a Valor's run as well with, as with you. But let's move to one of the 5-0 and o teams left we have in conference. We have the Roncalli Jets, and this team, um, they, they've, been, they've been great this year. They're ranked in Division 4 um, as well, and – Head coach Joe Garceau has his team, you know, sitting undefeated still. And they have Luke Pouts, and Luke Pouts has been putting up some insane numbers. 34, 13, and 4 right now. Insane. And then Ryan Fisher averaging 8.7 points a game. And then also Joe Witzak, a guy we mentioned at the start of the year, 8.6 points with that. But, yeah, it's been nice to see, like, Ryan Fisher step up in that 8.7 points per game role, um, averaging close to nine. And Because we originally had Joe Witzek as kind of like that second guy, maybe like Tyler Bonin last year. But we've really seen Fisher step up and kind of like with, with Witzek. And they've they've kind of made a nice nice supporting cast, I'd say, around Pouts so far this year. And with that, I mean, that I think that's kind of where they're sitting with their undefeated record in conference. And they're looking great right now. Um, Robert, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to address this one time, and I'm not – and I got to watch what I say here, and I think it kind of can be used as a positive more than a negative, but let's just face it how it is. Before we get into all the uh, players, it's just like Ron Kiley knows what they're – they know their identity. They know what they're about. I mean, Joe Garceau isn't – he's not pulling off the gas at all, and I think that kind of helps him. You know, when you look at their wins, it's like, wow, we are, we're not going to let off the gas and we're not going to, okay, yeah, we'll only win by 20. This No, we're, we're beating you by 50 and we're making it, we're making it hurt. And I think that kind of helps them just because they're used to every game. Just, okay, we're playing the full 36 minutes, uh, pedal to the floor in scoring. So I think that's why like late in games, like in the second half, they're really good at home. And I think in the first half, they just come out firing because they're just always, oh, let's go right away. But I think that also kind of brings in some games where, like, oh, you look at last night, oh. and I mean, obviously we already discussed Valders is not wasn't the team that they are um, last night. They're not they lost guys. So and I think last night that that so that kind of shows. And then even like two rivers, okay, you won by fifty eight or whatever, that's good. I mean, Chilton he won by fifty, but I think that was Breckheimer's first game back, and he wasn't a factor at all. So I think he, scores I don't think matter as much when they're in blowouts. So that I'm going to address it, but they've had a big start to the year in Luke Pouts. I mean, love the dude. Like he, he, Luke Pouts is one of those guys. You always hear like, you know, sports commentators or hosts. They always kind of talk about the dudes like Tom Brady or Jim Brown or Lawrence Taylor. Just I'm going off football just because it's NFL's in season. Like 
they're so good and no one really can explain why they're just a great player there's there's not that one thing they do great every part of their game is good and that's what I see in Luke Pouts it's just like kind of oh well Luke Pouts is good just because he works really hard yes I mean he works harder than anyone else in the conference he can shoot the three he buries you inside he's a bet he's he's the best rebounder in the conference the best hustle player he's so tough um I mean just knowing from playing against him for two years and when he was a freshman and sophomore like this dude's just gonna give you 100 every night and I think his stats show it and obviously you know when you're beating teams this big your stats are going to be big and I think Luke deserves that like that 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 shows how hard he's working in these games and just, no, we're not, we're not going to, I'm not going to take a night off. I'm not, I don't care who we're playing. I'm going to dominate you. And that's why I think Luke Pouts is such a tough player. And obviously you mentioned some other players, uh, Reese Stangle, very solid player. Uh, he can shoot it outside. Uh, good, just a good glue guy for them too. And uh, Braden Yanda, he's a good guy too. And Ryan Fisher, I mean, he's not shoot—he's not shooting a high percentage right now from three. I think he's a buck something, but he's a guy. I mean, he has a couple games where he's had shot a good percentage, and he can—he's a guy who can get hot, and he's just a good system Ron Colley player. I mean, when Ron Colley runs their Beloit offense, they run. I mean, it, they're just so they, Joe Garceau runs it very well. He's kind of just taken it um, from previous coaches, and he's added his own little spice to it. And here's just a Ron Colley team. Right now, I think they're just the favorite because they, they've beaten these teams so big. But I think if you look at their schedule, they haven't played a, a true test yet. No. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement. I kind of want to piggyback off kind of what you said with the whole – with the whole. I mean, it, it's basically running up the score is kind of what we've seen. Um, yes. Like, for example, last night, I, I mean, I was at the game against Ballers, Ron Colley. They're, they're up – yeah, congratulations, by the way. Luke Pouts hit 1,000 that night, last night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, big for him. Congrats. But, yeah, he went out. Um, they're up 30-something, nine minutes left. They take out the starters, and then they put up the back. They put the they put the guys on the bench in, and then we see around, like, five minutes. So, the starters come back out, and they're up 35, oh, yeah. 36. Right. They're coming back in. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you see Pouts, he, he's cherry-picking. He's got, I mean, talk about playing – one of the toughest guys in the conference, but like they're, they're trying to run to get the score up. And I mean, I I've never, I mean, I've seen this before, but like, it's been a while since I've seen something like this before, but um, like you mentioned, just coach Garceau, you know, he, he wants to win and he wants to win by a lot. It seems, I, I guess I, I wouldn't say it's throwing sportsmanship out the window, but it's certainly um, is not the most sportsman kind of thing I've seen in basketball. So, um, but yeah, yeah. they certainly have, tougher tests ahead but um yeah um yeah. go ahead and to add off that quick before we go to brilliant like he just plainly doesn't care and like i said i think that benefits him in a way but like we said you know i'm not it, stats are overinflated and i think it was brought up on a previous episode jordan made a mention stats don't lie here's a case i'm not saying the stats lie but i'm kind of saying the stats lie like i mean that's just the thing. Like, it's just like, yeah, I mean, Luke Paltz is going to put up the best statistical season that Ron Colley's ever seen. And I mean, when you have Ben Stells or Chomby Lambert, you know, the list goes on and on and on of great players they've had over the last 20 years. Um, you know, going back to Joe Rucks and all the, all the great coaches Ron Colley's had, but it's just, it's just the point here. It's like, I don't think we can just base, you know, okay, I'm averaging 34. That's, we should automatically, it, 
it, it's tricky. That's what I'll say. And that's for now. I know we're going to get into it a little bit more at the end of the episode, we are. but that's yeah. all I'll say. Trust me. Trust me. We, we're going to get into it. We'll do the full conference player of the year debate. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, but and plus with the rankings, too, that's where he gets even more fun. But yeah, let's get to Brilliant now. Um, the Brilliant Lions, 5-0 and in conference as well. 9-0 and overall. They've looked great so far this year. I mean, granted, there's been some some games that have been a little little iffy. I mean, that Valor's game was a little little close, the, closer than some would like. But um, other than closer that... Brilliant fans. <laughs> what? Closer than comfort for, for comfort yeah, for Brilliant fans. Yeah, for sure. And but yeah, like you said, that thirty-point comfortable win against Kia looked great. And then yeah, Jeremy Lawrence is doing Jeremy Lawrence things. Although his stats aren't what which we'll, we'll get into later. I mean, twenty thirteen and four. Um, he is he, he he is a player that um you got to watch. You you got to really watch to see his him play. Um, I mean, twenty thirteen and four is still incredible. But like I'm just comparing it to the pouts thirty four and thirteen. So I think um. Yeah, Lorenz is still just, I mean, even against Valors. I mean, we saw him throw down a couple times. He had some great defensive plays. Yeah, yeah, he, you, you know what I'm talking about. He, he played, oh, wow. Some of his defensive plays, too, were just very, very, um, I don't know, things, things you don't see every day, let's say. So, um, but yeah, this brilliant team looked great. Um, Parker Braun is averaging 11.4 with that. Um, Guys like Caden Holly, um, I mean, who, who are in your top ten? He's not really on this right now. I mean, we see Grady Geiger, nine point eight points per game. So those are kind of the three guys for the scoring right now. And just Robert, Mister Brilliant, how do you feel about your Lions so far? I mean, yeah, I think this is the best start we've had um, for WSN. I know we had some good teams back in the forties and fifties, but this isn't a history lesson we're breaking down this season, but. Yeah, I mean, we started out at Greenfield, uh, or they started out at Greenfield, got down, I think, about 25-13, 23-10 in that game, and they just marched back, had their way in the second half. Then they picked up uh, four easy wins in a row, and then right down, it was it was 28-28 at halftime, and uh, they just came out, I think, on like a 20-0 run. Lorenz had another big dunk in that game. And so here's, here's where I kind of um, – draw the line they picked up a win against Southern Dog, but Valders we'll dive into that game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like they did they did they held Lorenz. I mean, I think he had 18 in that game, but that was one of Lorenz's games where he didn't shoot great from the floor. I think he was six of sixteen. And obviously Lorenz makes him go, but uh we talk about the supporting cast and I don't think it's like that much better over I don't think they're that much ahead of Ron Colley and Keel. I mean there's there's tons of guys I mean we didn't even bring up Brady Bodart from Valders, a guy who I re- really like this year as a shooter. Like, I think there's a ton of guys in this conference on Keel, Valders, and uh, Ron Colley that I don't think the supporting cast are that much of a difference. But, yeah, Brilliant is just – they're kind of like a – okay, let's just take care of business. They're not a team who's just going to come out with big energy. They're not – like, if you watch their bench – they only have, I think, right now four guys on their bench or five guys healthy on their bench right now. They got a couple injuries. Lucas Mathis is a little banged up. When he comes back, he's another guy that will be in their rotation and play some valuable minutes. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about Lorenz, but Parker Braun, I I, I was beating the drum on him a lot in 
earlier in the year, and he's one of my favorite players in the whole conference right now. He was a big part of that Valders win. He had 20 points, uh, just had a big three at the yep. end. Uh. Can get to the can get to the rim, basically like whenever he wants, and he always picks the spots to do it. He's really good at the okay. I'm gonna stop. I'm not gonna just gonna go in there and chuck it up and hope for a foul, as we see a lot of just inexperienced guys do. Turns around, hits that mid-range, and Grady Geiger, I mean, he was a guy I thought he'd be an asset in the preseason. I knew he would be their kind of their fifth starter. I didn't really know. He didn't play a lot of minutes last year, but he's been a great addition to this team. I mean, he's had, I think, a three in every game of the last three games, or three out of the four. And so he can he can shoot a little bit, but he's, he's really good, doing a good job uh, complimenting Lorenz. Uh, you know, when he gets that dish off, when Lorenz has got six hands on him, and he's, he, he always kind of knows where to go. But, I mean, yeah, obviously, we pick up a 30-point win last night against Keel, and that was probably the best game I've seen. Like, this this kind of core group of juniors play together. And, I mean, that, that was just kind of a statement win. Like, okay, like, we're here. We can do this. And that's kind of what I see with Brilliant right now. And, yeah. Yep, and the big game. Haven't circled and marked on your calendars Friday, January 7th at 7 p.m. at Brilliant. Ron Colley comes to town, comes to B-Town. So, I mean, that game right there, that's, that's, some, that's big stuff. I, I'm going to try to get to that game, obviously. I mean, that's, that is something you're, people are going to want to watch for sure. And, I mean, that's kind of – so now we kind of broke down all the teams, how, how they've fared in the conference – now we want to go back. We want to kind of revisit some some of the bigger games. We want to kind of preview games that are going to happen between the contenders later. We're going to do some some good old player ranking talk, uh, good old debates and stuff. Robert, where do you want to go from here? Uh, how about we kind of let's go into just okay. We have our four teams. We're not going to go over the bottom four teams just because they're really, they're really hard to predict. I think we just kind of let's let's throw out some matchups here. Like, okay, Ron Colley, brilliant. Valder's brilliant. Like the next time they see each other, I think uh, Valder's Ron Colley. Just like where do these teams fare from here? So, I mean, whatever kind of matchup you're just wanting to know let's about start. or just kind of debate, let's just go in that direction. Yeah, let's start with let's start with that game I just mentioned. Friday, January seventh. Ron Colley comes to brilliant. Um, what are your first thoughts? I mean, I'm thinking, of course, right away, we're seeing um, the two player of the year candidates go at it. We see Pouts and Lorenz, and I think that's that in itself is going to be a great game. And I, I don't what, – what are your thoughts? Let's hear your thoughts. So originally when the schedules came out and kind of how the season's developed, uh, I've kind of – I was kind of glad that, okay, Brilliant hosts them first because Brilliant's a team. I think they're they're always – they're always – playing their best ball at the end of the year and not to say they're not playing their best ball now, but I, I do think they'll be better off at the end of the year. So I think obviously we know how hard it is to play at the jet hanger, but um, I think it's a little different if you play at home first and, you know, I'm not, this is kind of a random tool, but for some perspective, fired up Massey ratings here and Ron Colley's favored by 11 points in that game. Um, no. and I think that's, that's kind of accurate, but not really. I think, it, I think it's a really close game. I mean, brilliant. You look at them. I, I'm c- curious to see what, how they match up like Ron Colley, because 
we know like Luke Pollitz, I've watched him a lot of times. He, I think it'd be smart if they put him on Lorenz and just be so physical with Lorenz, but he doesn't guard their best player normally. He, like you saw last night, he came out on Griepentrog. He was guarding Griepentrog and Bodart a lot. I think he was on Olsen a few possessions, but I mean, he's not, he's, he normally doesn't guard their best player, which like last year he wasn't on Lorenz. I think maybe a couple possessions here and there, they get switched on to him, but so I'm curious to see who he matches up on. And then I'm curious to see, like, if he's not guarding Lorenz, who is then? Because, I mean, Jeremy Lorenz, he's the best player in the conference. So, I mean, you, you got you – got it. It, it's a tough it's a tough matchup there. Then you got the, the two guards who, okay, you can handle their pressure. I mean, Ron Colley gives off so much pressure. We saw it, like, last night when you don't have a great ball handler. It's going to be tough. So, I mean, you got Holly and Lorenz uh, – Holly and Braun – Hopefully they can just kind of get a one of them gets a mismatch and one of them can kind of run the show and I'm interested to see kind of what brilliant defense they play too just because I'm obviously you have to do something about Pollitt. I mean he's not averaging 34 because he for nothing. So I'm I'm I'll be very interested to see what kind of defense brilliant plays also. Yeah, I think those I think those are great points you bring up. I think yeah, it just depends. We're, we got to see how Pollitt is gonna. Because, I mean, Pouts is playing a lot of minutes right now at games. So they'll certainly be ready. I mean, Ron Colley, it feels like them running all these minutes, Coach Garso having these guys. It, it's for games like this, for sure. And just, I think Luke Pouts, you know, um, I don't know how how it's going to go, um, as you as we don't know. But um, I, it's certainly going to be an intriguing matchup. I think it'll be a very close game, like back and forth the way. Not sure who wins. I, I think it's going to be. One of those that I think it might be split. I, I don't know if I don't know if one yeah. team is going to sweep it. I think I think these teams are that close. Where, which I just want to compliment Ron Colley's supporting cast because we were act. I mean, myself at least was at the start or was acting as like this brilliant supporting cast was significantly better than this Ron Colley supporting cast. And right now, I mean, I mean they're they're I, I, they might be a little better, but it's real. It's pretty close. I mean, it's a lot more closer than at least my at least I thought, and I think the general consensus agreed with me like at the start, like it was, I thought it was significant, but yeah, like you're right. That's off to this Ron Colley supporting guest. Cause I think that will, that certainly, you know, is going to make this a really good game and, too. And I don't think Ron Colley has a Grady Geiger. That's I, I think that's kind of where it kind of ends there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they have another tough guard, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's a big issue. I mean, Ron Colley's so physical in their defense where Grady Geiger, you know, he's a still a sophomore yet. So, I don't think it, I don't think that's the that's a huge deal, but and I think one positive for Brilliant is I don't think Ryan Colley's really seen a team just to push the pace on them. And I know Brilliant's kind of running a more ball screen oriented offense, and they have several different kind of offenses they run, all just kind of depending on what the game looks like. So I think if they run their ball screen offense, which they ran more, I think that helps with the pressure a little bit. Like. It, it's it's not so much okay. Like Valders runs that dribble drive, and when you don't have when you don't have Mason Myers, mm-hmm. okay, well, it, it's really hard to run. And the dribble drive, Valor's offense is really hard to defend when you got guys who can get to the rim, and then you have shooters everywhere outside the floor, and then 6'6 six, six, and 6'5 six, rebounding. So it, it it's kind of different. So I don't think Ron Colley's really seen a team like Brilliant where I think in the past teams were like, okay, let's let's slow down against Ron Colley. Let's, let's, let's not let them, you know, when they've had their big scoring teams of the past, let, let's not let them play their game. 
try to slow down, get a good shot every time. I don't think that's the way to beat them. I think you just kind of have to free wheel it. I, we saw like Lutheran do that a little bit last year, I thought, even though it wasn't a high scoring game, they kind of played zone. And they kind of just, okay, we're coming. We're going to hit our shots. We're going to play our game. They did what they needed to do and they didn't let Roncalli kind of dictate how they played. So I think, I think that's a big key in teams playing Roncalli. You kind of have to just play more loose, just coming in. And I think mentally, teams lose to Ron Colley before they even show up a lot of the times. So that's, that's kind of, it's kind of something I think to, to look for the, the pace of play in that brilliant game. For sure. And I think like, like you mentioned, I think that Ron, like if you just want to compare scores and say, well, brilliant only beat Balders by, you know, it was like six yeah, or eight. It was, it was close. And then you see Ron Colley, what they did to Valors being by 34. Like we mentioned with Mason Myers, Nathan Banky, those guys out, you mentioned even with the dribble drive, but like, even with that, like, I mean, Valors, they shot lights out against brilliant. And I, I think, I, I don't know if you can expect that um, the next time around when they play brilliant and even just like, just, I, I think that those, those, you know, those Valors, Ron Colley, Valors, brilliant, those games right now, it doesn't mean much because like, like, I mean, no, just going back to that with Myers being out and, and even Banky and it's just, that's so, so big. And that's why I think those games, like, it'll be a lot closer, you know, Valor's Ron Colley come around. Hopefully we can see the brilliant Valor's game be as close as it was, but like, like we've, I mean, we'll touch on it now, but like Valor's, they were making all of their shot. Everything was followed for Valor's that night. Yeah. And to, you know, rebound off your, last point like you cannot compare scores like that's just the thing like we we saw uh keel march into valders and just kind of make make all these shots and and then last night you know brilliant blows them out by 30 and then valders i mean was neck and neck with brilliant i think it was like a 10 point game and i was like okay brilliant's gonna comfortably win this boom 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 trey schneider comes back guy we didn't mention i, mean, I he, mentioned he, He's a good, yeah. I, I didn't fail to mention him, uh, and that was my mistake. <laughs> he, he's a, he's a good shooter. I mean, he if he got hot in that game, and yeah, the, that was the thing. I mean, the others got out to like a fourteen to three, fourteen to four. It was something like that, fourteen to four lead, I think. And I was like, okay, I, and I knew they'd kind of cool off, but that that was just the thing. So it's like you cannot compare scores because it's just who's on on what night. Who's playing who? You, you never really know. So it's just like until the bolts are flying and you're actually playing the team, it, you can't say, oh, we're going to win on paper here because we beat you by X amount. It, it's all different until you actually show up and get on the court. That's why, yeah, I'm, I'm for sure looking forward to some of these games. Um, how do you think uh, Kiel Roncalli, how do you think that's going to really fare? I like Roncalli and that game comfortably both times. You know, I think we had Kiel – in overtime last year against Roncalli. So, I, and that was with Lopisto and Coleman and the other Muns, obviously. But I, I think, I think Keel, you know, they might be able to keep it close. Uh, one of the games, I think one, I think I'm, I'm predicting this. I think one will kind of be a blowout where it's going to be like a 20 point game. And then I think the other one, 20 plus point game, I think the other one, it'll be close, maybe like a 10 point game where if Keel sent in their shots, but, yeah, I mean, you saw last night. I mean, it, Keel just Keel hit their first three threes last night. I think it was it was like eleven to they they scored like eleven points on their first four possessions. And honestly, I think that didn't help them just because I think they they just kind of came down the floor and just started bombing away. And 
they got really cold. I believe they ended up like five for 24 maybe. And Brilliant was more like four for 12. So I, yeah, they, they hit, they hit a bunch of threes early on. And I think that kind of hurt them. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of all weird too, in that sense, but I, I do, I do expect Ron Colley to take care of business both times. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think Ron Colley's got both those games. And then one more I want to touch on was, you know, I, I'm thinking, I think a Valor's kill rematch. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And um, yes. I just, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think that's really like the third place in conference right now kind of game. Yeah, I, I do expect Valor's to win that one. Valor's is a better team than Kiel. And I, I, I confidently can say that. Like, I just think, and I, not because of last night, I, I, I definitely thought about that after Kiel even won. I watched the game, Valor's and Kiel, earlier in the year, and I was just like, Valor's didn't shoot the ball great. I want to say they were like maybe like 19 for 60 on field goals, something like that, 19 for 59, I believe it was. And then Kiel Kiel shot the ball above their average. So it's just like Kiel made a bunch of shots. Valor's kind of had an off night. And yeah, obviously Valor's a tough place to play. I mean, you see, you 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 would see teams like the Ron Colley, uh Chambi senior year, and the Fletcher Dallas senior year for Valders. Like those two teams were not even close in skill level. I believe that game went into overtime. It did. Yeah, um, Reese Brown hit a hit a, like a half court almost to tie the game, send it to OT. That was big. Yeah, so it's like in Ron Colley always kind of seems to have Ron. I mean, Valders always kind of seems to have Ron Colley's number at Valders for some reason. In in. So that's kind of something to look for too, if on a Ron Colley Valders matchup when everyone's healthy. But I do expect Valders to take care of business, and I'm not off Keel. I mean, obviously, I just we just mentioned Keel matchups. I'm not off Keel when they can get hot. They're a deadly team. We saw it last year, but I just think like on paper right now, or just kind of an overview, maybe some recency bias. I, I do think yeah, they're they're in that three to four tier. And I think they're more that number four team that I kind of mentioned uh, at the start of the season than they are the number three or maybe upsetting Ron Colley or something like that. Yeah, I'm looking through that Valor's Keel score first first time around. Um, yeah, we saw Brady. Um, I mean, this guy we 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 both like. I mean, a three point shooter, over six, over five from three that game. Which I mean, that, that's a big a big guy to have on your team right there. And just I mean, and Mason Myers put up 14. Olson put up 15. Hovey 16 and like um they lost that game like you were you were spot on 1959 yeah I think that's what you said so good stuff and then um yeah, Keel shot 26 for 66 so they they had them there and just looking through it just yeah Keel Keel shot above their average basically Valor shot below and at the end of the day I think I think second time around I like Valors over Keel for sure I still have them number three like you I think that's fair to put them but um, with that now, Robert, do you want to go into like, I mean, we can do the player rankings, which is basically like the com- that goes off the conference player of the year. Are you, you ready to do that? Yeah, let's let's just start. Yeah, I, let's let's get into it. I don't know if you want to start like, because I don't have a 10, 9, 8. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't either. We have it kind of, I, I'd say it's more Almost. of like a tier kind of thing right now, because like Almost. 6 through 10 is so interchangeable. Go ahead. How about let's just go three through 12 right now. And we can discuss like three through 12. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. If you All want right. to do that way. 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously we're not going to go, who's your three, who's your four, but just kind of like, we'll do it. We'll kind of break it off in tiers. I agree. Um, I think, well, I'm thinking like in the 12, 11, 10, nine. So like that kind of top tier, I know we mentioned guys like, I mean, I'll, I'll start like Mason Myers, I think Grady Geiger, um, like I, those two guys, you can slide in there. Maybe I, I don't know if this is a stretch. Maybe like Brady Boulder at like twelve. I mean, I, I that might yeah, be. Yeah, he's, he's Brady, Brady Boulder in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like him. I like him. Like maybe if we're if we're gonna expand it to twelve, I mean, we usually do. We usually do like the ten. I think he's. I think he's like number number twelve or number eleven. And then yeah, I'll throw even I'll throw Mason Myers in there like number ten. I think guy like Grady Geiger's in there. Um, Parker Braun's been in, or. Of course, he. I mean, he could be maybe even higher, and then oh, else, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you want to throw in some guys too? Yeah, I, I think when you look at like if you look at the ten to twelve, and more so like eight to twelve, maybe or eight to fifteen. I, I definitely think like if you're looking at like the nine, eight, I think Mitchell Endries is definitely that's the lowest I'd put him. Keaton Holly, I think, is in that like ten to twelve range. I think the Keaton Holly's a little bit ahead of Grady Geiger just because he's so valuable, you know, ball handlers are so valuable and um, the, the pressure he puts on the uh, opposing team's ball handlers really good. Jaden Braun, I think you have to put him in there. I mean, yeah, he's only shooting 23% from three, which is kind of gross, but I mean, still, obviously we're going to let the averages average out. And I know Jaden Braun's a solid player. He's averaging 13 a game. I know the Huskies aren't great, but I think he's in that mix of the 10 to 12 and, you know, other guys I'll throw out there, Alex Breckheimer. I definitely think he deserves some love. Um, he started the season slow. I, I believe he had a football injury. Uh, I want to say like a knee or something. Uh, so I, I think he's in there. I think he's in there too. And then obviously, I think if we even push it back to like a 13 to 17, I think that's when you see Roncalli, 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 and even a little higher with uh, Stengel, Um Fisher, Witsack, um, just, just guys like that. And um, Yonda, I mean, I think all those guys are in that 10 to 20 mix. And I mean, another guy, Phil Casper, too, I think he's in that 15 range in there. So I think that tier, there's it's so hard. So I can't really put a solid ranking. But yeah, Jaden Braun right now is the fifth best. I think he deserves some love. So I think that's where you kind of get your like your, your 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 15. In there, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I have a question. We, we, I know you had Henry Schnell in the top ten. Where, where do you have him now? Is he outside of your top twenty? No, I. I did, okay, so he's probably not outside of the top twenty. I, I know, maybe straight. Yeah. Where, where would you put him? Hmm. He's still averaging twelve point one, and I know, like, if say, see, you, you, you change Henry Schnell with a, uh, um, let's just insert a guy here, uh just a random guy from Ron Colley or uh, a guy from, you know, see you trade him and Bodart in places. I don't think it's like a huge difference if Henry Schnell hits some shots like Bodart. Like, I think we, we talk about Henry Schnell better. I think Henry Schnell still in that like 14 to 16 range in there just because I'm just looking at his field goal percentage, but I don't think that's the player he's capable of. I think he's capable of being a top 10 player. And I still think he very well could be at the end of the year. But, you know, Huskies, they've just had a tough season so far. And, you know, he's kind of just shot himself outside of the top 10. One of my uh, – Connor Velker at, made kind of that reference. Like, yeah, he's just shooting a lot. He's not hitting his shots right now. So 
once he starts, once the buckets start falling back in for him, he can prove he puts up maybe some 20 point games that he's capable of doing. I think he moves his way back to that, maybe flirting with that top 10 again. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree. I think once start shots falling, we're going to see his stock go back up. Um, another guy I want to mention here, Jackson Olson, I believe you had him number five coming in the preseason. Uh, and he's, he certainly has, I I'd say um, has not, uh, Expectation-wise, he has been kind of below those expectations. I'd say. Um, uh, where where would you have Jackson Olson at right now? Jackson Olson is a very tough player to rank. I know you kind of had maybe a comparison. I don't know if you we talked previously about it and a good. I, I liked I liked the kind of way you looked at it. Um, I just think Jackson Olson is. Maybe maybe in a little – I mean, he's averaging 10.4 a game, respectable, when you have all of the scoring options on Valders. And Jackson Olsen, I think, is still in my top 10. I think he's in, like, that 8 to 9 range. I know I brought that up previously, but I, I still think he's – I still think he's a top 10 player. It, think about Jackson Olsen, though. He's a good shooter. I mean, he's shooting above 30% right now. He's at 30, which I think will go up. He's, he's proven he can be a great shooter through his first uh, – three years playing or two and a half years playing. I, th- I think to, to take his game to the next level, he's just got to get a little more physical inside. Um, I think he rebounds well. He's a big body. I just think if he could get a little, little, uh, some more moves in the post and just, just get a little more post presence, I think you, you would see his game elevate because he's definitely, he's got a great, great basketball body. He's long and, He's just kind of had a slower uh, last couple games here, even though he's still kind of scoring. I think he had, what, three in the last game against Ron Colley. Not really sure what happened in that game. You were at it, so maybe you can explain yeah, after. Um, we saw him get benched, actually, to start the second half. He he was not in the uh, first five, six minutes, second half. Um, uh, he was not – not. they brought him in maybe 12-13. Then he finally had that three. He was scoreless at halftime, I believe. So uh, shots weren't falling. He, he wasn't really taking shots either. It's – how I explained it uh, almost the, the comparison I was talking to Robert with before was I freshman year. I mean, I, I think we saw the same Jackson Olson, if not a better Jackson Olson, Jackson Olson in terms of just shot selection. It seemed like he was his freshman year, just more comfortable shooting, like more confident. I'd say shooting. It almost seems like um, just when he, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Just watching him play this year. Um, it, it's certainly, it's just been different. And even last year too, a little bit, but Certainly, he he has the skills. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's got that excellent three point shot. He is he is a great body in the post, as you mentioned, and just he certainly he he has the potential. Like he's had this potential since his freshman year to make that next leap. But it just comes down to the physicality, and it's not there right now. It just isn't. And I I agree, still top ten. But I think, yeah, I mean, closer to that eight, nine, ten now than that where he was at five. You know, looking look four four or three. So. um tough right now for Jackson Olsen right now. Um, I, I think that, I don't know. Is there any other, cause I think four, I think, are you still going to say Arns? No. Oh, let's hear it. No. Um, I mentioned this before. So where were we? I think. So yeah, I, I would put Arns. I'm actually, ooh, this is so tough because Pierce Arns was one of my favorite players last year. I remember Oh, I think I ranked him coming into the year. Like, oh, keep your eye on this guy. He's incoming freshman. I 
you know, he's, I know he's a great player and I watched him play a little bit in actually middle school, caught a couple of his games. Um, and he actually, he really impressed me. Uh, he's, he's just kind of, he, he's a guy who can take over a game and he's, he was a really good shooter, but this season, I mean, he's shooting 21% from behind the arc. He's shooting 33 field goal. And we kind of just talked about it. It's just, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's the type of player to take 26 shots a game or 22 shots a game. And I mean, obviously still, I, I'd love to have him on my team and um, he's just a, a great, a great player, but I don't know when you're shooting that many shots. I just think like when, when they're not falling, it, it just kind of hurts your team a little bit, but I definitely think his numbers are a little back up. I, I don't think I'm going to put him in my like top five right now. I think he just, just squeaks out that top five and, if we're just going off of um, like what we saw in this first eight games from him, I mentioned like, we'll just pretend you could trade a player to a team. It's like a guy who I previously mentioned, like a Brady Boulder. I mean, I, I don't think he would be too much different. I don't think Brady Boulder can get to the rim as well as Pierce Arnes, but I, I just think it, honestly, the amount of shots he's taking is not, is, is this too much in, I think if you, you if you would insert some guys and give them as many shots, I, th I think they'd average seventeen point four. And still, I mean, because he's got he's got forty more shots than Jeremy Lorenz, and he's played one less game, and that, that's just insane to me. Wow. And uh, I mean, he's he yeah, he's just he's just chucking, and you know that's kind of how Keel rolls. We're just hitting our shots, or we're not. But I think he's I think he's like six. I think I'd put him at five or six right now I put him at five or six in there I think he's him and Mitchell Endries are closer than I think I had him originally Pierce is still a better player but I think I have him like at five and a half we'll say that yeah that sounds fair to me too Robert and I'm not looking I mean I think Cole Hobie is still clear number three I think he'll kind of right. maintain that the rest of the year um, averaging yep. 17 and 13. He looks great. Um, I know last cool. night wasn't really a great game for any one of Valors, but it would have been Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, for this recording, but yeah. Last night. Yeah. And that was, I mean, he still played well, but just with how the game turned out, wasn't the best, but looking good for Cole Hovey still. And now looking top two guys, um, this is where it gets oh, dicey. What? You missed one to replace Arns. Oh, you want to you want to touch on who you got then at number four then? Yeah, we didn't. I mean, we you you touched over him. Uh, he was actually I think eight in my previous, but maybe a little bias here. But I have Parker Brown. I oh. moved him into my first team. I move. He's just he's not averaging you know a seventeen or fifteen, but I I just like what I see from him. Like if you just watch him play, he's always in control. You know, obviously you got Lorenz, you got Holly, you got. Geiger, you got Banky, you got Olsen. So there's a ton of miles to feed. So he's not going to average gaudy numbers, but I just think, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a top, he's on, he's on a, either the first or one a team in the conference. So, I mean, usually you see players get more recognition on the better teams. And I think obviously you have to factor that in, but I think overall, I just think he's just been so solid and he can shoot any shot that that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. And he knows his role really well. It doesn't take any, she doesn't force anything ever. And I think Parker Brown was kind of like 
Last year we saw him. I expected a breakout season. I, I think he averaged like six a game in there, so not bad. But he'd kind of just get a little passive, I thought, at times and kind of let other guys. He had Kreplin there, so hard to get your shots at times. But uh, he's a guy, I mean, if you give him the tools, you, if, he, if, he had, if he was like a best player on the team, I think he'd be a guy posting up big numbers. I have him in that number five range. I think he's like one spot ahead of Arntz right now just the way kind of the first eight games has fallen out. But definitely, definitely something to keep our eye on. We'll probably revisit it at the end of the year, or a, a next episode we have. But right now, I think I put him, I think I put him in the top five. Yeah, this is going to be um, end of the year, Robert. We're going to be doing um, an all-conference team. We're going to do a prediction challenge. We're going to write down our all-conference teams, and we're going to compare them to the actual results. So that'll be a lot of fun, just so you know, Perfect. ahead of time. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, if – if Brilliant wins ends up winning conference, I think you could certainly see you could you could really see that happen with uh Braun and yeah, um yeah. if they win. Yeah, for sure. And even and even if let's say Arntz did stay at four, I had Jackson Olsen at five. I think Parker Brown is still on that first team. I think he's I think he's five. Keaton Holly, I, I had him above those two players. I sat and looked at it for a long time and didn't know who to put ahead. Put Kane ahead just because he averaged a little more last year, but and I knew Parker Braun had the capability to do what he's doing, but I, I just I just I just like what I see from him. He's my kind of player, and yeah, he's a guy I've been beating his drum his whole career. So I mean, yeah, we can we can uh, roll into whatever we have scheduled next. I'm not really sure what you have scheduled. <laughs> I'll tell you what we got scheduled right now, Robert. We have the we have the best part. Um, it's how we're going to end the episode. It's the Lorenz first pout. It's the best part. It's um, we're going to talk. I mean, I, I, we obviously know which way you lean and I just want Robert um, to give you the, the platform right now a little bit to just kind of like reiterate your case here of, cause I've heard all the feedback. I'm sure you've heard some feedback about pouts being number one or pouts not being number one, Lorenz being number one in the conference on your poll or on your, your rankings, what do you say to the people who say Pouts is cl- the clear number one? I think we – you can't compare first up. You, so I'm kind of going to make a comparison. It's, it's not a great comparison. You can't compare high school to the NBA in the slightest just because it's, it's ever-changing, but the NBA is, but – I'm just going to kind of use this as an MVP kind of thing, like the MVP award in the NBA. And I not to say the MVP award in the NBA is a joke, but, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of whoever has the best season. And I think right now Luke Pouts is maybe the, the, having the best season. He is. He's, you can't deny it. He's shooting a better percentage field goal than Lorenz. He's shooting a better percentage from three. Uh, from the line, he's down 12% from Lorenz, but who really cares? Um, he's averaging, I think, a mo- one more rebound a game. I think he turns the ball maybe a little less than Lorenz. So he does. I mean, if we're just looking at WSN here, Luke Paltz is your player of the year, which he beats Brilliant. He's the player of the year. So I'll, I'll just I'll just say that right now, and I'm sure you'll agree. Whoever wins yep, the conference, you yep. think he's the player of the year. Mm-hmm. But here's kind of the point I'm going to make in this. Like I, I talked about the MVP kind of award right there. And before I kind of dive into this, love both of the players. Whoever gets it is well-deserved. 
And I think like, I kind of, I remember somebody asking me before the season, I put it on my, the story, the questions, like I said, tie as of now. Cause I'm like, I just kind of want to see how this plays out. Luke Paltz is definitely, no one was expecting this season, but like, we're kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll just compare like two games from Luke Paltz and um, Ron Colley. So I'll take the game like from two rivers he had. So obviously a record breaking game, he shoots 20 for 33 against two rivers. And that's a great percentage, 60% from the floor. If you can shoot it 33 times and make it 20, shoot every time down the floor. He had three threes in that game, but obviously that game was a 58-point uh, deficit. He's in late in the game. You can't compare that to, like, a normal um, player. And this is just based off of, like, you know, people arguing the stat thing. So then I'm going to go over to a game like Jeremy Lorenz had. So he played Wrightstown, I believe it was, it was like earlier in the year. Yeah. Okay. So December 11th, he plays Wrightstown. So he has 10 points in the game. So not, he took seven shots, four for seven from the field, 17 rebounds, eight assists. He had like four blocks, alters every shot in the lane. So it's like, okay, who had the better game there? Really got a win against Wrightstown who, yeah, Wrightstown's not Wrightstown of last year, but they only lost to Freedom by six. They had they had a 30-point win against O'Connell Falls, and they played some good basketball this year. So it's just like that's my whole point with the Jeremy Lorenz thing. He's like, I think I kind of was like chuckling a little bit when you said, Yeah, he's only averaging 20, 13, this, this, and this. I was like, Yeah, that's the that's a normal player of the year's uh average. And the other point I kind of wanted to make, I think you can relate to this in. I'm maybe contradicting myself a little bit here uh, from two years back about the Kyle Tuma thing. Kyle Tuma was the best player his senior year in the conference. Ryan Steffes, Ryan Steffes won the player of the year. I believe Tuma was around like a 15 a game, Mm 15.1. Yep. Yeah. You're right. Right around the ballpark. Yep. He averaged 15.1 that year. Ryan Steffes, I believe for most of the season was at about a 23, 24 per game. I believe New Holstein won the conference that year. Well-deserved. Ryan Steffes won the player of the year. Uh, Kyle Tuma was a better player. And we can see that now. He's dominating. He's on a top three D, D3 team. He's their best player. Probably will win player of the year in the WEAC. So it, it's a little different. Like, like you see the rankings. You see, you see Jeremy Lorenz is a top six player in his class on prep hoops and WSN. Luke Paltz is around like the 47, 42 mark for his class. I know they're different classes, so they're hard to rank. But, I mean, Jeremy Lorenz is a D1 player. Luke Paltz is a D3 player. I uh, hope, he, hope he commits to Oshkosh soon. Uh, but I, I love both players. That's where I kind of stand in this debate. Like, it's, it's insane the numbers that Luke Paltz is putting up. And I think like, okay – he's having the best season, but in my, in here's another point I'm going to make about Luke Pouts and Jeremy Lorenz. This isn't, this isn't saying one's better than the other. Luke Pouts fits that Beloit Roncalli system so well. They're not, okay. I'll throw the hypothetical trade scenario. Brilliant sends Jeremy Lorenz for Luke Pouts. I don't think Roncalli accepts. Would you agree? I, I would agree. Yep. Brilliant gets sent to trade Luke for Lorenz. I don't think brilliant accepts. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, just I, because, just because systems. I think the two players, the two players work in their system very well and more still pouts in the run up the score system, 
let's score 47 against TR system. I think he really flourishes in that system, but um, more so obviously their offense, but that's kind of where I'm at in like, don't, don't get my words twisted here. Luke Pouts, I'm, I'm, I'm fully expecting him to win player of the year. Even if Brilliant wins the conference, wouldn't be surprised, but I'm just, I'm still saying like, we kind of have to watch out what we really look at here in like, who's our best player, because obviously Jeremy has six hands on him every time he touches the ball. I mean, I, I was watching the game last night. Keel had like three guys on him several times. He just boop right over the top of their head layup. Like, it's so tough. And I mean, it, it, it is what it is. You can't compare these guys. But I, I just think Jeremy's, I mean, alters so many shots. He's, and I don't know if you want to add in anything. I'm sure you definitely do. You but bet. Yeah. What do you want to? What words do you want to pick apart for what I said there? Well, you know, Robert, I surprisingly there are a lot of points I agree with you on. I think, um, I, re- I really do. I think um, the 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 trade center. I I what I was doing. I was thinking, you know, let's trade. Let's just bring. Let's put Jeremy Jeremy Lorenz on Valders. I think I'd rather have Jeremy Lorenz on Valders than I'd rather have Luke Pouts on Valders. Call me crazy. I mean anyone, but like I'm just I was just thinking. You know, what what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I the dribble drive system. If they had Jeremy Lorenz in the dribble drive system with Mason Myers, yeah, and shooters everywhere, I don't think Luke Paltz would play good in the dribble drive just because I, I Luke don't. Paltz is Luke Paltz. The most impressed part of his game, and there's so many parts that impress. It's not the hustling and just demolishing players for for rebounds because I've already established he's the best rebounder, the best hustle guy. That's where he gets most of his points, but is his mid-range. He, he's got that mid-range down. And I know he hit a couple last night, but, like, I think he he would do well in that. But uh, Lorenz has the mid-range down to 14 of 18 last night from the field. Um, you know, every time, like I said, every time he puts the ball on the floor, you there seems like there's eight guys on the floor because there's guys just, you know, just surrounding him. But that that's just kind of where I'm at. And like, I think you can do that with a lot of players, but these two, especially, I, I just think that's kind of the thing I thought about. So I think it's really unfair to a player like Lorenz and Pollitt to say, Oh, you're better than the other one. Oh, you're not because in their, um, in their respected systems, I don't think they would trade anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, I have one question for you, Robert. I like, you know, my thing is like, I mean, like you, you went back to New Holstein Valors with with Tuma and Steffes, and I I like that comparison. I really did. Um, my thing is, how do you think the coaches? Let's say, you know, because I mean, we got the coaches. They're they're the ones voting on this on this Player of the Year stuff. So, how much do you think they're going to value? I mean, because Steffes and Tuma, like their stats. I mean, they're close, whatever. But like, I mean, this is a wide margin right now with twenty and thirty four being the points per game are like fourteen points per game difference. Um. How much do you think coaches are going to really value that? I mean, again, considering Pouts put up like 47 against TR, I mean, I, how much are they going to value, you know, what team they played against? I, I'm That's my concern. You know, how much these coaches are going to really look at look into well, these games? So I know it, it, it varies from every single coach, but I think I can comfortably say the coaches do not care. Like, they, they I don't think they really care about the player of the year as we're like fans, okay, we open up that newspaper, who got this team, who got that team, who's player of the year. You know what I mean? I, I don't think the coaches care as much. 
And so I don't think it's a big deal of them. I, I really don't. Like like I brought up before, um, obviously you're not trading your best player away. Or you, you don't want anyone else in your system. And I think it comes down to it. I'm projecting Lorenzo finish the year at about 20, 21 points per game. Maybe 20, 19 in there. Right around 20. I think Luke finishes right around 29, 30. Um, I think there'll be a couple games where, you know, it gets a mid-teens or he gets a couple of games in there where, you know, teams are just going to say, you're not beating us. You're not scoring 40 on us. You're not doing that. So I think, obviously, I think there'll be about a eight to 10 point differential there. And I don't know, like, I, and I can't speak for coaches on how they're going to vote just because, um, like, I'm not going to bring in the whole feelings effect that you kind of brought up earlier about like sportsmanship. I don't think that has a huge deal to do with it. I, I just think it's more like, okay, I don't know who to pick. Brilliant won the conference. Ron Colley won the conference. Boom, I'm voting for number five or I'm voting for number 33. I, I, I seriously think that's how it's going to go. And I do think seniority might have something to do with it, obviously. That was. And we know, we know Luke Paltz won it last year as a junior. There wasn't a better option. I think Lorenz, if I had a vote, I think he'd be second in the voting as a sophomore. I know you had Nikolai, you had Coleman, and those are guys. Lorenz was the second best player last year. But. I, I definitely think it's whoever wins the conference, and I generally mean that. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we talked about it even in the preview. And at the end of the day, whoever wins the conference is going to get conference player of the year. But it's always fun to, you know, compare the two players because, I mean, one and two, these, these guys, they're, they're extremely, you know, talented players, and that's, that's really why we do these comparisons because, like, they are that good where we have to do these comparisons. So just want to point that out there. Um, but I mean, with that, Robert, you got anything else you want to add? You know, not really too much. I mean, we, we covered basically all of it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just excited for the – I'm really excited, obviously, for Ron Colley, brilliant, but just to see how this conference fares out. Because even in that, those bottom four teams, I think there's – you know, one of those teams might pick off a top four team just somehow. It's not someone's night or – you know, one of those teams is kind of a shocker, falls, goes on a run. It, it'll just be very interesting to see where the stats will kind of line up at the end of the year. And, um, yeah, I just think, I mean, I don't know. Do we I – don't, I, don't, I don't really have anything else to say. I think we pretty much covered it all in this full breakdown through eight, nine games. But I don't yeah. know if there's anything else you want covered. That's all I got, Robert. I mean, it was a lot of fun. And you guys know where to find Robert at EWC underscore sports on the Instagram. He's got a lot of good stuff up on there. Hopefully some more stuff soon. We'll see. Um, Hopefully. Yep. But um, with that, I, I guess you guys know where to find me. Uh, Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G, all platforms. But we have a Twitter now for the sports crew at JD Sports Pod. So make sure to give that a follow. Sleeper, if you guys want to join our squad, you get a free $25, no deposit needed. So DM us on any of our social media platforms if you're interested. Also, Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. You can DM us on there too. So I'd be doing that if you have not. It expires December 27th. And then also scheduling tomorrow, we got Zach Jared and Drew's Journey to a Million episode two. And then Monday, we got episode 42 of Jordan Drew, the sports crew. So those will be coming your way. Also, Parker Sonovan, brilliant alumni, is coming on next yes. Wednesday. So that'll be yes. a great one, Robert. I know you're excited. So that'll be a fun interview. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You might hear some stories. 
I'm excited and I'm going to be asking for some stories. It'll be, it might be a long one, but it'll be a fun one. So yeah, yes. with that being said, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.